Check it out, uh. I'm back and I'm better. I've been patient, encouraging changes. I'm speaking new language. Just the thoughts of a joke. Only people who've been round will know. I'm talking about owning something, giving my homie some, teaching their youth how to survive. You owe me nothing. I'm just a young black man with a dream and a plan. These are my thoughts as I share them with the land. Thoughts of an average show. Just the thoughts of an average show. Uh -huh. Thoughts of an average show. Just the thoughts of an average show. Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of an Average Joe Podcast. My name is Troy Jackson, man, your favorite Average Joe. And I have a, a returning guest on, man, a fan favorite, my pops. What's going on? How you What's doing? What's happening? Man? I'm saying it's the first time that we're actually doing an episode by ourselves. So this is going to be a... Interesting. Very inter interesting. I wanted to bring something up today. I wanted to talk about um, mentoring and leadership in the minority and black community, something I think you know... Uh, very well about. So I brought you on here today because I wanted you to educate my listeners on mentoring and leadership and all of that since you've been in, since I believe you've been in that field for just about most of my life. So, and that's like, what, 30 years? Something like that. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to define, I have a definition here. I wanted to define leadership. Then I wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay. So the leadership definition, leadership requires Leadership refers to the quality that a person or a collection of people hold in which they command respect and are highly influential. However, leadership has shown to be highly overrated in accordance with the numerous scandals and failures among leaders themselves. Leadership is frequently questionable and should critically and should be critically evaluated. Some psychologist groups argue that the born leader also has a lot of a lot in common with people who suffer from their narcissistic personality tendencies. What do you think of that? You asking me for a definition of leadership? I'm asking, what do you think of that definition? And then you can give your own definition if you want. I mean, that's a very lengthy definition. My definition of leadership is very simplistic. Um, one of the things that I've done in 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 just looking at and reviewing is I like. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Maxwell's books on leadership. He has quite a few books okay. on leadership, and um, Maxwell's definition of leadership is very simplistic he calls leadership the ability to obtain followers that's leadership okay and so when you think about the ability to obtain followers all of us are leaders because just about all of us have individuals who follow us mm -hmm. if you are a uh, a parent your kids are following you uh if you work in an organization and people value what you say those individuals are following you and so I think sometimes we look at leadership as this big gigantic thing and oh you've got to have all of these people underneath of you no all of us are leaders you know I tell my students all the time at, at the college or at the university that they're leaders they're leaders because mm -hmm. there are individuals that are in their family especially if they are first generation and it's because of them that they have this aspiration that their uh, their cousins, their nieces, their nephews have this aspiration to possibly go to college because they're there. And so that's leadership, the ability to obtain followers, the ability to have individuals who are looking up to you, who are listening to what you have to say, who are, are listening to your advice or asking you questions about what they should do. That's all a part of leadership. And so that is very important. So, you know, I challenge the listeners to really think about, are you really a leader? Are there individuals who are willing to follow you? Because mm -hmm. see, the other thing with leadership is that if you are a leader, that means you got to be doing what's right. And so in that ability to obtain followers means that people are watching you, people are looking up to you, and people are listening to everything you do. And so one of the questions you have to begin to ask yourself is, if I am a leader, am I acting like a leader? Am I using the attributes of a leader? Or are I doing all of those things that leaders should do? You know, am I being ethical? Am I doing what's right? So all of those questions you need to begin to ask yourself because as a leader, people are watching you. 
people are following you, people are listening to you, and they're doing all of those things. And so are you where you should be as a leader? Or even can I or should I be improving myself as a leader? Okay. So what do you feel like some of the struggles with and becoming and being a leader and how can you improve on that? Well, I think some of the struggles are the fact that people are watching you, your every move and, you know, the things you say and the things you do. And so those are the struggles. And so how do you improve on that? Read. You want to be a good leader? Read what it calls to be a good leader. I think, and Troy, you know, because you see my library, I probably have about uh, maybe 25 books on leadership and probably looking to purchase some more, just reading about what people say leaders should be and what leaders should do. And, you know, one of the books I'm just thinking about off the top of my head is uh, servant leadership. And, And as a leader, you should be willing to assist the people who are following you. Uh, There's another book um, by a person called Charles Swindoll. He's a pastor. And I never forget, and, and one of the, I can't remember the exact page of it, but one of the things he said is one of the hardest things for individuals to do is to get power. Because power corrupts. Mm-hmm. I and agree with so that. <laughs> as a that. leader, can you handle the power that you've been given? Because in our society, everybody wants to get more power make more money and all of that comes with consequences and all of that comes with uh, individuals who are watching you and looking towards you. And so leadership is not something to just um, look at it and not take it lightly because everybody is watching. And so you have to make sure that you're reading, you're researching, you're looking at how you can improve to be the very best leader that you can be. And in the beginning, you're going to make some mistakes and it's okay because that's all part of being human. But how can you improve yourself to make yourself the very best leader that you can be? So in answering that question, how do you go about doing that? I would say always looking at ways to improve. Now, one of the things that you can do, and I know we're going to touch on this subject, is the the actual mentorship. Mm-hmm. Everybody should have someone that can be their mentor because you want to be able to run things by individuals. You want to be able to say, well, what do you think about this? Because sometimes as leaders, we have a tendency to think, oh, I'm the leader. I'm supposed to know everything. You ain't God. (laughs) How you figure you're going to know everything? No, the key is, is you want to make sure that you are running things by people that you trust. That is the key. Let me reemphasize that. You want to run things by people you trust. You should not be going to everybody asking them, well, what do you think about this? Uh There should be certain individuals that you know have can give you wise counsel. And let me repeat that. Everybody can't give you wise counsel. All right. So there should be certain people that you go to and you run things by. Well, what do you think about this? And, and what do you think about that? And those individuals can then kind of direct you and lead you because you can't do it by yourself. I know with my staff at, at the university where I work, I will run things by people. Well, what do you think about this? And, and what do you think about that? And do you think this is a good idea? Because my philosophy is always multiple heads are better than one. Mm-hmm. I realize as a leader, I don't know it all, but I can run things by individuals and see, okay, what does this sound? Do you think we should go this route or, or should we go that route? And there are certain people that I will ask. So, you know, mentorship, I think is an important thing that all of us need to do so that we can run things by people. Because sometimes you can think what you're doing is right. And then when you run it by someone, they say, well, yeah, I understand what you're talking about, but what about this? And what about this? Uh And what about this? And what about this? And then you start realizing, I never thought about that. 
And so this mentorship thing, as well as uh, sliding into this leadership thing, should all go hand in hand. But as I said before, you want to emphasize, and and I'll emphasize this again, you want to emphasize the fact is that you want to find individuals, and it might not be a ton of people. It just might be one or two individuals or maybe three individuals you trust that you can run things by just to get an idea of what they think about the idea that you have. And are there any issues with it? Is, is it something that you feel they should move forward in? Is it something that maybe they possibly need to or maybe you need to go back and research some more? So doing all of those things, I think, are very important in regards to being a good leader and then also important in regards to the mentorship. Okay. Um, we definitely going to touch on mentorship. I want to rattle some things off in leadership, and then we'll, we'll go back to the mentorship. Sounds good. Um, okay. So the seven roles of a leader, I looked this up. They said a strategist, a communicator, an innovator, a coach, a delegator, an adapter, and a networker. You have any, any, any gripes with that? Dude, you give me seven things at one time. You My know bad. I'm old. I can't <laughs> handle all of this. Let's take them one at a time. Go ahead. All right, strategic. Yes, you got to be strategic. Everything in life is strategic. And so you want to begin to think about, um, I remember one of my mentors would, would tell me that you got to know when to and when not to. For example, let me give you an example. All right. So we are now in this pandemic and right now the country is like, it's just going through some issues. Um, No, either people are working from home or people are not working. Companies probably aren't, most companies probably aren't making a lot of money. Now is not the time for you to go into your boss and ask them for a raise. <laughs> okay. That's the now is not the time for you to go to your boss and ask them for a raise. They're going to look at you like you got eight heads. Don't you know what's happening right now? What's happening right now is the fact that we're not making any money. So how do you figure you're going to go and ask for money? That's what I mean by strategic. Now, when you should have asked for your raise was probably about six months ago when things were going well. Uh All right. And so you got to know when to and when not to. And so now's not the time to ask for a raise. You might have to wait a whole year now until things get back up to stuff and things get back where they should be and companies are starting to make money again. And so you got to really be strategic in how you go about doing things. You got to be strategic in regards to when you should go and look for another job. Um, A lot of times people say, oh, I don't like it here. And in six months I'm going to leave. And then they get another job. Oh, I don't like it here. And then six months you're going to leave. No, no. You have to understand that as you're developing your resume, people are looking. I tell you, that's one of the things I do, and Mm -hmm. I hire people on a regular basis. I'm looking to see, well, how frequently do you go and you apply for new jobs? So in other words, what you're telling me is your track record is that you stay at a job for six to nine months, and then you're going to look for another job. I'm not trying to hire you. Because I want someone who's going to be there for at least two, three, four, five years. So what do you recommend? So you like at least a year, year and a half, two years? Minimum. Minimum year, more than likely two years. But once again, you should be, and this is what I mean by being strategic, you need to begin to think about, okay, I'm here, I'm in this company, but are there other positions that I could possibly do? Okay. And so you strategically start looking at things that might be in that company that you want to do or things in another company that you might want to do. And so everything should be strategic in regards to your life. Um, You know, the job that I have now at the University of Central Florida, I knew years before I got this job that I wanted to become a director of my own office. Mm -hmm. And so the opportunity arose and I had to take it because where I was, there probably wasn't an avenue for me to become a director. And so when that opportunity comes, you have to decide, do I take it or do I not take it? Now, if I don't take it, are there opportunities for me to eventually reach their goals? And that's another thing. Let me just 
digress for a quick second <laughs> in regards to being strategic. You should have goals written down in regards to where you feel you want to be, where you want to be in one year, where you want to be in five years, where you want to be in 10 years. And then you begin the process of developing. Like I tell my class, you have goals and then underneath of them, underneath of each goal, there is an objective. And so the objective is the things that I need to do to reach that goal. Let me give you an example, being that I work at a, at a university and teach at a university. So my goal is in this semester, this spring 2020 semester, my goal is to get a 3.0, all right? That's my goal, get all Bs. So the objectives then are all of the things that I need to do in order to get the 3.0. Well, I need to go to class. Mm -hmm. I probably need to make sure that I am touching base with the professor at least once every two weeks, just so he knows that I'm seriously interested, asking him questions in particular, especially if this is an individual who is teaching in the field that I want to be in. All right. Then how many hours do I need to study? Well, in order for me to get a 3.0, I estimate I'll probably need to study about 30 hours a week. Um, and will I also in this study, do I need to put a study group together to assist me? And so all of those things you do in regards to developing the objectives to eventually reach the goal. So that could be a semester objective. Then you're looking at a year or five years or 10 years. So, for example, where do I want to be in five years and how do I plan on getting there? And maybe what you need to realize is that in order for me to get where I want to go, I might need to go back and get some additional education. Mm -hmm. And so if that's the case, then how am I going to afford this? So you got to look at, OK, so in order for me to afford this, so I'm not taking out a ton of loans, even though we know college is expensive. Now I might need to stop spending as much and start putting some things off to save. And so all of those things are things that you want to begin to develop. And so when we talk about being strategic in leadership, you should also be strategic with your life in regards to how you want to get where you want to go. And so I think one of the biggest issues that many people have is they just haphazardly go through life and, you know, happy go lucky and we're doing this and we're doing that. And, you know, we're going to make it work and eventually we'll get there. No, you need to develop a plan. You need to be strategic in what it is and how it is that you want to get where it is that you want to go. So that's, being having a strategy, being strategic is so very important, not just in leadership, but as we said before, all of us are leaders. So how can you strategically place yourself so that you can be a better leader and then so that you can eventually move up that ladder and get what you want to be and, you know, marriage, family, house, you know, the whole nine yards, if that's the route you want to take. Okay. Um, FYI. Don't take his class, y'all. His class is stupid hard for no reason. Uh, it's not hard. I'm just going to make you work. That's all. Exactly. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be that hard. Um, the second one, communicator. Uh, communications is key. It's key in relationships. It's key in marriages. It's key um, on your job. You know, communicating and talking with people and making sure that you're on the right page. Because just because you might think that they understand they might not necessarily understand and so you got to communicate you got to ask questions and so all of those things i think are important as a leader in regards to making sure that you are communicating you know one of my you know as a, um one of the things i've always kind of remembered when i was in the band at norfolk state university um <laughs> our band director was um well you was in a band yeah I didn't know that. Yeah, Emery Fears it was our band director. And one of the things he said, use the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. That's what he used to say. <laughs> and so I try to always remember that because, you know, sometimes we try to show people how smart we are by using these big words and all of that. No, keep it simple. Just keep it simple so that people can understand there are times and places where you can use your $50,000 words. But in regards to communicating, we just want to make sure that we keep it simple so the average person can understand what you're saying. So communication is definitely very important for anything that you're trying to do. Okay. 
Uh, the third one is innovator. Oh yeah. You gotta be innovative. You gotta be thinking outside the box. Um, one of the things I realized when I got to my job is that there were things that the office was doing at the time, they weren't working. Mm -hmm. And so if they're not working, you got to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. Now, some people didn't like it. Oh, we've done this. And people came to them. Oh, we've done this for X number of years. I'm like, yeah, but you're doing it. Ain't nobody showing up. So let's try something else. So they didn't necessarily like that fact. And so I think also one of the things you got to understand is that if you're going to be a leader, there are going to be times when individuals do not necessarily agree with, with the route you're taking. And so if you've talked it through your, your mentors and, and those types of things and you know you're on the right track, you just keep moving forward. And eventually they will, they'll come around. And so one of the things that, that has happened in our, in our department where I work is that um, before I got there, you know, it was a department that you know, students weren't coming to, they weren't doing, they weren't involved, they weren't active. Now we got students in our office on top of each other because it's a place where individuals want to be because mm -hmm. um, you got to be innovative. And the other thing I'll add to that is you got to have vision. You got to know what it is that you want to do. You got to think about where you expect your company to be. So if you ever heard of the SWAT strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, sometimes not only do you do that with your department, sometimes you do it with your life. You know, what are your, what are the strengths that you have? What are the weaknesses? What are the opportunities that are out there? And then what are the threats that could prevent you from getting where it is that you want to go? So, yeah, I think the, um, it's very important. Okay. Uh, the next one is uh, being a coach or being coachable. Both. You want to coach? Like I tell all the individuals at my job, my job is to help you to get to your next job, whatever that is. And I don't have a problem when people leave my job because hopefully I've taught them or provided them with some guidance so that they can go on and get to that next position, wherever it is they want to do. If it's one of, you know, assistant vice president, vice president, whatever, my job is to help them and assist them. You have a lot of people though, who feel like, you know, you owe them a favor by them hiring you. And so that means you should stay there all your life. No, you should be thinking about where it is that you want to go next mm -hmm. and what are your strengths. And once again, what are your strengths and weaknesses and how successful do you think you can be? And sometimes that means you got to get additional training. It doesn't necessarily mean you got to go to college, even though I think getting that degree helps just because we live in a society today that is all about degrees and education. So, you know, that means if that's the case, you're going to have to sacrifice and you're going to have to go out and get that education to eventually get where it is you want to go. You know, obviously, I work in higher ed, and one of the things that I realize now, um, back when, you know, 20 years ago, you could be a vice president at a college or a university, and you could just have a bachelor's degree. Um, like my vice president, when I was working in New Jersey, all he had was a bachelor's degree. Well, now you want to be a vice president, you got to have a doctorate. And Sheesh. so that means you <laughs> they went up like another two levels. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, everybody in my office right now is working on a doctorate because I told them if you want to become a director uh, an assistant vice president, associate vice president, or vice president, you're going to need a doctorate. And so so you might ask, well, do you have one? Nope, sure don't, because <laughs> I'm getting ready to retire. And so there's no need for me to get a doctorate because I'm getting ready to leave up out of there. But I tell all the young people, you need to go on and get it so that you can move forward. And so what that leads to is then you got to know what's happening in society. We live in a society that is looking for individuals who have education. Now, I know it ain't necessarily fair because education does not necessarily guarantee that you're really that smart. Mm -hmm. It just guarantees you know how to study. I agree with that. But guess what? If that's what people are looking for, then that's what you need to do. So if, if it means that in order for me to get the job that I need, I got to go back and get my education, then I guess that's what you got to do. Otherwise, do not sit there and complain if you're trying to um, get a job that pays X amount of dollars an hour. 
because you're not living up to what society is telling you you got to have. And so you've got to know where things are going in in your particular area. Now, there are some areas where you don't necessarily need education and mm-hmm. you can do well. And there are some areas where you need all the education you can get. So you got to know um, which area that is. So one of the things I would recommend you do it if you've never looked at it, um, you want to look at uh, – Occupational Outlook Handbook. The Occupational Outlook Handbook is uh, done by the federal government. And all you got to do is just Google it, Occupational Outlook Handbook. It's got all of the possible jobs in this country. It tells you how much money you could possibly make. It tells you how much education you're going to need. And it even breaks it down by region. It can tell you what the average salary is if you lived out in California as compared to what the average salary is if you, say, were in the South. And so this is a good tool to use because it'll give you an idea if it says in order for you to do what you need to do, you're going to need to get at least a bachelor's degree. And you know right now you're still working on your associates. Then you know after you get your associates, you just got to keep going. So that's the Occupational Outlook Handbook. Okay. Uh, The next one is number five is Delegator. Oh, yeah, you got you. You can't do it all. (laughs) (laughs) let's just say that right now as a leader you cannot do it all you've got to learn to delegate you keep the very important things for you and then those things are aren't as important you give to other people because also as a leader if you're interested in your people you want to help them to develop their skills Mm -hmm. and so the way they develop their skills is they do things And so then as they're doing things, then you're working with them. Okay, you need to work on this part. This looks pretty good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, you've got to realize that as a leader, you got to take the important stuff. And so you got to learn that you can't do it all and that it's okay to delegate. Um, The number six is adapter. Oh, adapting. Yeah, Yeah, you got to adapt um, because you got to be able to understand, like, there are times when I will have things planned out for my day. As a matter of fact, like, that happened um, earlier this week, because right now, you know, we're working from home, and so I had, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and then my supervisor says, oh, I need this project done, and I need it by the end of the day. And so all of that stuff got thrown out the window, because mm-hmm. now i got to work on this. Who cares? And the people above me don't care the fact that I had A, B, C, and D planned. The only thing that they're concerned about now is I need to get A plus planned, which is what they want. And so everything else got thrown out the window, and I started working on that particular project. No, I agree. Um, Like, I feel like that's part of, I want to say that's part of the problem at my job now. I just feel like with the, the boss that I have, he was so good before he moved up to be the manager he is trying to mold people in how he sold things, but it's like, yo, you got to be able to adapt because everybody sells things differently. Does yes. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody does it differently. The question you got to ask yourself is, though, is the way he doing is the is the way he's doing it the best way to do it, or do you have a style mm-hmm. that fits you and it will help you do it? Because you know the key is, if he was doing it one way and it worked. You better darn sure make sure if you're going to do it another way, it works just as well. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you got a problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem is you ain't doing what you need to do. <laughs> and then the last one of uh, the seven uh, the seven rules of a leader is uh, being able to network. Oh, yeah. Which is something you're very good at over the years, I've learned. Networking. Um, why is networking important? Now, first of all, I understand that We have individuals who are introverts, and we have individuals who are extroverts. And then you have people who are a combination of both. Uh The extroverts really don't have a problem in networking. The introverts, yeah, they have a problem. But the reality is, is you need to make sure that you're networking. And why is that important? Because most of the jobs that are out here are jobs that, Many times you will get because you know somebody. Mm-hmm. And I'll be very honest. The last one, two, the last three out of four jobs that I had in my office, 
I offered to someone because either I knew them or someone that I knew knew them. And they gave them a stellar recommendation. And those were individuals that I trusted. And so, you know, those individuals have worked out. And so this networking thing is so important. You know, I'll give you a story about a former student of mine um, who I was trying to get him to touch base with a friend of mine who worked in career services at the University of Central Florida. And um, finally he called, he contacts me and says, oh, Mr. Jackson, what was the person, name of that person you wanted me to contact in career services? And so I told him, and so eventually he went over there and, and they talked and that person was able to help him get his resume critiqued and, and all those different types of things, right? And so I guess about three weeks later, um, he was in the bed, sleep, and his cell phone rang. And, you know, of course he answers, hello, and this person says, hi, you know, my name is such and such, and I work for Verizon, and I was spoke, and I spoke with Dr. Such and Such at the UCF Career Services, and he spoke so highly of you, and we would like to invite you in for an interview for an internship we have in our in the finance department and it was at this major um telephone carrier uh-huh. so he says oh okay so he goes in um he gets the inter- he goes in for the interview he gets the job he works there over the summer uh, and he just so happens to be graduating uh this was like august he's graduating in december he goes through the entire internship making working 40 hours a week the whole nine yards it was in the finance department of this major telephone carrier. And so about three weeks after he comes back in August, the internship is over. He comes to my office and he sits down and says, Mr. Jackson, you'll never believe what happened. I'm like, what? He says, they offered me the job. They want me <laughs> to start working for them in January That's once I said. graduate from UCF. And I say that because here is a person who never applied for the job. I mean, he applied eventually, but he got the interview because someone knew him and spoke highly about him. And so the question I want to ask you with, is there someone out there who could speak highly about you so that they could eventually help you at least get an interview for the job? Now, let me throw another thing in there. He had to do well in the interview. And so the other piece of that is that this individual could have spoke so highly of him, but if you're not used to being interviewed, it's a moot point. Mm -hmm. And so I challenge you to do mock interviews. And a lot of people are like, what? Yeah, mock interviews. I had a former student of mine um, who was applying for a major company based in Minneapolis, and they they flew her from um, Orlando to Minneapolis, and they interviewed her. But before she got there, she had done seven mock interviews. She was she seven. Was, man, she was definitely prepared. Oh, she seven? was definitely prepared. <laughs> and normally, I don't do mock interviews, but because she was such an, she played an important role in our um, program that she asked me to do her a mock interview. And so I said, "All right, I'll do one." And so I remember I threw her one of these curveballs. I can't remember the the, the question. But it was the question, it was something similar to the fact of if you were an animal, what type of animal would you be and how does it relate to our company? Mm, that's a good question. Exactly. And that's not <laughs> a question. I mean, that's a question that you gotta go like, oh wow, that's 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 kind of deep. And so this young lady, she just went like this. She went, took a deep breath, and then took a minute and a half answering that question. And I'm sitting there like Dang, a minute and a half on a question like that? I said, girl, you ready. (laughs) And so it's interesting because, say, for example, she interviewed on a Monday. She flew back on Tuesday. On Wednesday, she had another interview with another company. And as she was driving down there, this company in Minneapolis offered her the job. Mm. It took them two days to offer her the job. Now, normally in a case like that, you will not receive word for two, three weeks, four weeks maybe, because they got to go through interviewing multiple candidates. Mm-hmm. 
two days because she was prepared. And so the point is, when you're going in for interviews, you want to know as much as you can about the company. You want to read everything you possibly can about the company. Um, go on LinkedIn, see who the presidents are and, you know, what's the stock market price and all those different types of things. The more you can know about the company, the better. The more prepared you are for the interview, the better. Great. This is some good stuff. Um, of course it is, homie. <laughs> what you expect? <laughs> talking to the man. Let's um, let, let's take a break. I got to, you know, uh, get some sponsors in so I can create That's right. You got to pay your bills. Yeah, exactly. And then after that, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll get back. We'll go ahead and we'll, we'll get back to it. Do you want to start a podcast but don't know where to begin? Reach out to The Average Joe Media, a podcast traveling company. They bring their top-of-the-line equipment to you, record your episode, and edit it and email it back to you in just a couple of days. Monthly consultations also come with being a client as well along with affordable prices. All you have to do is talk and they will do the rest. Express yourself, speak your mind, and relax. Let us do the work for you. Go to www.theaveragejoemedia.com to book your session today. Okay, so I mean, I have moral leadership, but we already like thirty five minutes in. And well, uh, what you got? Give me your best question. Well, it was more. It was. It was more. Uh, so I gave you the role of the leader, and these one were like different qualities of of the leader. Well, I don't know if that's kind of like the same thing or not. Yeah, kind of. All right, so we'll just skip that. Okay, so before we get into mentorship, right? I wanted to, I wanted to ask you some questions. So, why was working with first generation out of state students so important to you? Well, I just work with first-generation students, period. Um, A long time ago, I would never forget, um, I guess ever since I've been in higher education, I've always worked with those students who are underrepresented, you know, the multicultural, the first-generation, the low-income students. And I remember someone coming to me, and they said, well, you know, you don't want to, I forget the word they said, you don't want to put yourself in a box in that all the the only only people, the only students that people think that you can work with are students of color, excuse me, or low income or so on and so forth. And a long time ago, I made my determination is that if I don't work them, with them, who? And, and I'm not saying that to say that no one else could work with them, mm-hmm. but, you know, these are the students that individuals think can't do it. These are the students that individuals think don't belong there and so my job is to hopefully work with those particular students and help them as best as I can so that they can go out and they can be a success in society and prove individuals wrong so I made a determination long ago that was the type of student that I wanted to work with now is it frustrating at times Yeah, it's frustrating because there are things that you develop for them that you want them to take advantage of that you know that can assist them and they don't take advantage of it. But, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh And so um, I've just decided that working with this group of students is the legacy that I want to leave in. You know, and this is my 32nd year in higher education. And um, I think I'm pretty good at it. I still got a lot of things that I still want to do, but, you know, and I've been working with students, multicultural, first generation, low income, underrepresented students in all those 32 years. And so, you know, just to see those students go out and be successful, I mean, students who are now doctors Mm -hmm. and lawyers Mm -hmm. and educators and financiers and you know, like I have one student, he's a doctor and he's uh, studying cancer. Re- he does cancer research, trying to find a cure for cancer. And there are just so many students that are out there that were these underrepresented students. And now they're out there, you know, doing their thing. 
And that's what you want, and that makes it all worthwhile. Even though we don't get paid a whole lot of money, but, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, I got to take something out of it. So what I'll do is I'll take the fact that I just played a little part. Like I have students, I'm just thinking I have students now who are writing books and doing all different types of things. And so that makes it all worthwhile. That makes it all worth everything that you've put your time and your energy into. Hold on, real, real quick, just getting off topic. Why don't I have why why don't I have the deep voice that you have? Like, what's up with this? You birthed me. I'm supposed to get that voice. My uh, voice is straight, home. but I'm supposed to get that voice. No, nah, I got a radio voice. So what you say? What you saying I don't got a radio voice? You ain't got my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got their own voice. I mean, your voice is you, and my voice is me. But see, when growing up, I don't know if, if if in high school, if they still did this, you know, if when back in high school and you had the um, like the TV, the TV anchor program not in the, the morning TV but for, you know, the person, the student who would read the announcements in the morning. Mm, I remember that. Yeah, that I was me. That. that was you. And so everybody said, oh, you should go on the radio. So guess what? When I went to school, that's what I did. I did that once. Like I was, you know, I was more I was talking to, but I wasn't real talkative and confident back then. So I did that once. But but now, you tell me to do it now, I ain't got no problem oh, doing it now. No, yeah, you talk too much sometimes. <laughs> I get it from you, what it's, you mean? It's all good, you know. You know, do do you. Okay. Um so two part question here. When did you know you wanted to do what you do now as a profession? And what steps did you take to get to where you are right now? Well, I know some of you probably said, Well, hold up. You said you went to school for um broadcasting you ain't doing broadcasting now you right um i worked in broadcasting for about seven or eight years and uh ran into a situation where and some of you might run into this i ran into a situation where um the person who hired me left and found another job and a new boss came in and the new boss decided that they didn't like me they didn't like the way I sounded on the air. And so, you know, one of the things you'll find out is when a boss decides they don't like you. It's a rap. It's a rap. And for me, it was a rap. And so eventually they fired me. And the interesting thing was, you know, they fired me, right? And then the next week they called me so I could come in and get the certificate for the award that I just <laughs> won. I'm like, hey. This a blip. I'm not that good, but yet I'm good enough to win an award. Mm -hmm. And so I went jobless for about a year and a half, you know, looking for jobs. And, you know, it was hard to find something. Was you married by then or not? No, I was single, dude. If I was married, oh, my God. (laughs) No, I was single at the time. And um, so for a year and a half, I was looking. Fortunately, I stayed with my parents and, you know, I was able to cut cut costs that way and then I got a job in higher education and I never forget (laughs) when I went in for the interview because I was going in for an admissions counselor at Mercer County Mercer County Community College Uh in Trenton New Jersey and I graduated from Norfolk State and two of the individuals that were on the um, two of the individuals that were on the search committee also, it graduated from Norfolk <laughs> State. And they pulled me over. Oh, you graduated from Norfolk State? I'm like, yeah. I said, network. I ain't even know them, but the fact that we had both went to the same school together gave me an in, and so I was able to get that job. And so what was the question again? I totally forgot the question. Uh, How did I know? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know. You know, it was a job. At the time, I needed some cash. Homie was broke, (laughs) okay? I had been out, no job for a year and a half, and I was living on my own, and now I'm back living with my parents. I I needed a J-O-B that was paying some (laughs) M-O-N-E-Y. And so I just took this job, and and the reality is it was the best thing that ever happened. I remember, you know, I tell students this, and one of the students says, well, if you were to meet that person today, would you punch them in the mouth? I'm, nah. Um, I'd probably hug them because this is what I was intended. This is what I wanted to do. Now, I still have friends of mine that are in the media. Well, they used to be in the media. A lot of them, have, they made good money, so a lot of them have retired now. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, sometimes 
if you have the right attitude, you can take a negative and turn it into a positive. Yes, I was pretty good at broadcasting, but the reality is I think I'm even better working in higher education. Um, and so that would have never happened if that person had not fired me. And So sometimes negative things happen to us and we get all mad and we get all upset. And so in hindsight, sometimes the fact that either you're fired or you're lost your job, if you play it right, can be sometimes the best thing that can ever happen to you because it will open up a window or a door that you would never thought of. And so, you know, I challenge you not to be angry and upset. <clears throat> I mean, sometimes I just had to go to God and say, like, you know, what's the deal here? You know, um, can you give me some insight on in regards to what's going on? And, you know, it, it allowed me to get closer to God during that time because, you know, when you ain't got no money, <clears throat> <laughs> Listen, you and God become best friends. You know what I mean? That's facts. I'm not, what you talking about? You ain't got no money. You got credit card people calling you saying, when you going to pay, I'm going to pay you when I get my money. <laughs> you got to wait like I got to wait. Wait like I got to wait. <laughs> and they keep calling you. And so, you know, you got to take everything in stride. And, and, and I honestly believe that sometimes negative things can turn into positive things. And for me, it's turned into a, a career of 32 years. I probably got about three years left before I retire. And so hopefully I can make it to that point. Um, but if it hadn't been for that lady fired me, I would have never been in higher education. Uh, what steps did you take to get to where you are to, to where you're at now? Uh, hard work. Um, I mean, even now. Um, I will probably put in 10, 11 hours a day mm. or more um, reading, researching. Um, now I have a, um, because of my success in higher education, I now have a um, consulting company and we go around to colleges and we try to help them increase their retention rates because I've been fortunate enough that the retention rates at our school are pretty good. Um, we just won two awards, two national awards um, just recently. Um, but you got to hustle, you know, as, as, as our younger son says, you got to grind. <laughs> and so even, I mean, I'm putting in that extra time and that extra effort um, because one, I love what I do. And I think that is one of the key things you want to find that thing that you love um, that thing that, you're working, but the reality is, is that if they didn't pay you, you would still do it. That's, that's, that's what you're looking for. That thing where you would still keep doing it no matter what, because you just love doing it. And so when you find those types of things, it, it really isn't a job. You know, it's just one of those things that you just love doing. And so, you know, I challenge you to go out there and find that thing. And for some people, it might mean you might need to go back and and get some additional education. And if that's what it takes to, to eventually do what you love, then that's what you do. Um, there's a lot of, we're fortunate we live in a country, there's a lot of opportunities. And it ain't always easy for us. If you're African American, if uh -huh. you're Hispanic, you know it ain't easy. Uh -huh. All right? But you can't let that stop you. You just got to get out there. And if you keep grinding and you keep doing it, and we kind of talked about networking and you're networking with, with people and you're letting them know what your goals and your aspirations, your dreams are, sometimes those individuals will open up doors for you to have eventually help you to get where it is you want to go. But that networking piece is so important because people need to know who you are. They need mm -hmm. to know what you're doing. They need to know how you plan on getting where you want to go. You got to make so, yourself visible. Yeah, you got to make yourself visible. And, and I know sometimes it's easy and it's not, it, I mean, or sometimes it's difficult and it's not easy to do that, but you just got to find a way. Um, the networking opportunities that are out there, you got to go and you just got to meet people. And, you know, if you don't feel that comfortable, you know, what do they call those people? Take a, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now, but take somebody with you. And so maybe you might have difficulty in starting a conversation and this person is easier at it. A translator? Well, not necessarily a translator, a wing person. There we go, a wingman. Yeah, yeah, take a wing person with you and then they can help start the conversation and then you can get started. So, But, you know, you got to find ways that you can go about doing it because that networking, you just never know. You know, one of the things I'll say in broadcasting, my first one... Two, 
One, two. My first three jobs in broadcasting were because of networking. Because people knew me. And mm -hmm. I remember one time I was working at one job. And while I was working there, they, uh, this other company called me up and said, hey, we got to open in our office. And we wanted to know if you were interested. Well, you know. First thing I ask is, I might be interested, but how much you pay? <laughs> and then when they told me the salary, oh, yeah, I'm interested. And then we went in, you know, for the interview and all those different types of things. And so that networking piece is so important, especially in a day and time as that we live in today, because a lot of the jobs that, well, let's put it this way. Most of the jobs are not on Indeed and Monster and all those other places that you go look for jobs most of the jobs today are word of mouth mm -hmm. and so as you begin to network when people have these career fairs you want to go to them and, it, and maybe you're not looking for a job but you want to network with individuals so that they know you because I've seen situations where individuals have networked with people and when jobs came open they call them and say hey I just want you to know there's a job open in our particular area and we would like for you to apply Hey, you ain't even know it. You weren't even looking. But that's the that's the key of networking and, and getting to know people and developing relationships. And so uh, as I tell my students, you know, we have these things in our pockets or on our sides, these cell phones. They're good. But to really develop relationships, you need to meet people face to face. Mm -hmm. You want to look them in the eye. You want to shake their hands. You want to do all of those different types of things. You want to stay in contact with them so that they know that you are serious. And so networking is so key and it's so critical to the success that we have. Now, our Caucasian brothers and sisters, they do that thing real well. That, that I'll give They do. Uh, they, they do it real well. well. <laughs> I mean, they do it real well and that's why sometimes they end up with jobs and we're trying to figure out well how they get that job because mm -hmm. they knew somebody mm -hmm. and that's somebody like them and opened up a door for them we got to do the same thing so there's a lot of things that we can learn from each other and um, networking is one of those things that uh, I strongly encourage you and even at your job you want to begin to network with other people um, there is a one of the things I tell students sometimes, it is called the, uh, oh, shit, I just lost my train of thought, but it's called the something interview. I can't remember the exact name of it. But basically what you do is you go in and you interview, the t say, for example, the top boss. You know, like, how did you get this job? What are some of the things that... Um, helped you to get there, what things would you recommend for other individuals um, who are interested in that career field, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so it gives you some insights, it gives you some tips, but the other thing that it does, it gets you in the door. I mean, most people like talking about themselves. And so when you tell, ask someone if I could come in and interview you about how you got to your career, even though they might be busy, it might take three, four, five months before um, they get to you, eventually they will probably get to you and so that you can come in and, and they can tell you about, you know, how they got there and what are some of the things that they do. Okay. Um, let's switch over to um, mentoring. Um, the definition of a mentor from what I see here is one who influences learning minds. Say that again. One who influences learning minds. Um, Okay, I could go with that. Uh, I would probably put in there that a mentor is someone who is experienced more than the person that they are mentoring. Okay. So an experienced person. I, I have a definition for it. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but uh, it is definitely an experienced person who is willing to provide insight, knowledge, um, provide networking opportunities um, to someone who is younger or less experienced than they are. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like that. I like that better. I like that better. And that was just off the top of my I head. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, in your own words, what is the role of a mentor? The role of a mentor is to guide, lead, and direct and help that person to get where it is that they want to go. Um I think, especially in the professional world, you need to be very careful about who you get as a mentor 
And, you know, I've had students come to me and say, you know, I'm thinking about one now. And um, they said, well, I would like for you to mentor me. The first question I said, are you sure that's what you want? (laughs) Because I am not the easiest of mentors because I'm going to challenge you and all of that. They said yes. And so, you know, there have been some times, because this was a female, there have been some times and there were some tears because I challenged them because they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. And so, uh, but that's what you want. You want a person who sees the positives in you, that sees the opportunities and the potential in you and is trying to bring it out. Because sometimes other people see potential in you that you don't see in yourself. And many times what we'll do is we'll use excuses as the reason why we can't do what we do. Well, mm-hmm. I ain't got no money, so I can't go to school and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people ain't got no money, but they find a way. And so the mentor is the person that can help you break through all of that so that you can eventually get on that path that is going to lead to your success. Okay. Um. So a couple more things here, and then after that, we'll wrap it up. Um, the difference. Now, the a leader a leader and a mentor, to you, is that one and the same, or is, or is it different? Because I have I have what well, I call my differences, but I want to hear yours first before well, I give mine. Well, let's, let's once go back, talk about Maxwell's um, definition of a leader. The leader is the ability to obtain followers. Mm-hmm. So if you're a mentor, do you have any followers? Yes. Well, there you go. Okay. That makes the mentor a leader. Okay. Because for what I have here, it says a leader is someone who leads a group of people or business. A leader is different from a manager. A mentor is someone who is experienced and willingly trains and advises others. The differences are that mentors often become confidants while leaders usually aren't. Okay. And so what you did is you see a lot of people think leadership is management Mm -hmm. and it's not, you know, Leadership is leaders are visionaries, they're strategic, managers are responsible for getting things done. Uh-huh. You know, we got to get this done. We got you're and you're managing people, whereas leaders are looking their visions. You know, where do we want to send where we want their company to go in five years and 10 years? And what are some of the things we need to do to help? So there's a difference between a leader and a manager. Okay, so this definition might have probably been better for you. It's called mentor leadership. It's the creation of a personal and professional development relationship between a leader or mentor and a person in that organization that demonstrates leadership potential. Sometimes the recipient of the mentoring activities is referred to as a protege, apprentice, or mentee. Yes. Okay. All That's right. much better. Okay. Yeah. We're getting there, you know. I'm learning. I'm so learning we, on the fly. Learning on the yeah. fly. All right. <laughs> so I got two more questions, and after that, uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, what are the characteristics and actions of being a good role model? The characteristics and what? Actions. And actions? Of being a good role model. <clears throat> the characteristics, I think, ethics. Um, development, what I mean by that, I mean being willing to develop people. You know, some people have information and they want to keep it all to themselves. Uh Um, I think a good leader is a person who has information and is willing to share it for the benefit of others to help them. Because, you know, I'm sure all of us have heard of this thing, crabs in a basket. Uh Crabs in a barrel crabs in a barrel, crabs in a basket, Same whatever thing, right? you want to use. <laughs> um, whereas you see someone trying to go higher than you, and because of your jealousy, you reach up and pull them back down. Mm-hmm. That's not a good leader. You want to have that. If that person goes higher than you, that makes you look good. Mm-hmm. I tell my people, I want you to go higher than me because that makes me look good. That means I played a role in helping you to be successful. And so if they go higher than you, great. Who knows? They might go higher than you and they might bring you with them. Mm-hmm. You just never know. And so um, I think those are some of the characteristics. What was the, the actions? Yeah. The actions are just showing people what a servant leader looks like. In other words, a person who is willing to do the same things that the people below them are willing to do. For example, 
in my office. Now, I'm the director, all right? I got um, an executive assistant. I got two assistant directors. I got two graduate assistants. I have like six or seven or eight um, student workers that all work underneath of me. And so one day, there weren't that many people there, and so I was at the front desk answering phones. And so one of the person comes and said, you're the director. What are you doing answering phones? Mm-hmm. That's my job. My job is to help wherever I deem possible. And so if it means I need to answer the phone, then guess what? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to answer the phone. And so that's all part of servant leadership, doing what you need to do for the benefit and the betterment of the team. Okay. And uh, the last question here is, I know you said, you know, you're uh, probably about like three years left before you retire. So what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Well, the legacy I want to leave behind is that hopefully I played a role in helping students have a better life, uh-huh. helping them to reach those dreams, those goals, those aspirations, that they could be successful in what it is that they want to do and that they can go out and do those things that they want to do and, and hopefully have a better family life than the family they came from. Uh-huh. I mean, because I think... All parents want their kids to do better than them. And so that's that's the legacy that I want to leave. And then hopefully in in that legacy is is not only just doing that where I work, but expanding that so that it becomes more nationally and internationally based so that we can help students all over the country and all over the world be successful in reaching their goals, because that's that's really what it's all about. In this life, you want to be able to reach and aspire to the goals that you've kind of set for yourself, and hopefully you can reach them, and then you can be successful. And then, what's that old saying, each one, reach one, mm-hmm. and then you reach back and bring someone else up. And so if each one of us does that and stop worrying about who's getting ahead of us and, and who's doing that, all of us will be successful. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. You know, we want all. I want as many people as possible to be out there and be successful, and then reach back and bring some others up as well. Well, I definitely uh, appreciate you getting on. This, this definitely turned out better than I thought it was going to. Oh, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa! What you mean <laughs> better than what you thought? I didn't. So, like, when I write my notes down, right, I'm like, okay. So I have like a certain like time I want each episode to be. But I didn't think this will go past that time, if that makes sense. Because I didn't think I had enough notes. But you had enough information. Dude, I got 32 years of knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Hello? (laughs) And we probably could still keep going. We probably could. We might we might we might do a part two on this. Maybe I'll see I'll see what the listeners. I, I'll see if I can fit you in my schedule. I'm a little busy right I now. I know you. you know what I mean, you know what I'm saying you, you're always a little busy. Yeah. That's why I appreciate you getting on when you get on. Hey, anything for the people. <laughs> for the I'm people. like Morgan and Morgan <laughs> for the people. Yo, I cannot. Um, once again, man, this was this was probably my. I know my listeners said they wanted like a variety of topics, and this was probably one of the best episodes that I think I've done. Well, I appreciate that. And for the listeners, hey, you know, the bottom line is, listen, you know, times are tough now, Mm -hmm. but don't let them think that that's going to stop you from reaching your goal. If you get out there, you hustle, you network, you meet people, it's going to happen for you. But the other thing is, is you got to be patient. Ain't nothing. They ain't built Rome overnight. Mm Mm-hmm. God didn't make the universe overnight, and so you got to learn to be patient, and you just got to keep grinding until your opportunity comes. Keep preparing yourself, and then when it comes, you grab it by the throat and you take it. And that's what you got to do. You just got to take it, but you got to be waiting for that opportunity, and you got to be preparing yourself each and every day so when that opportunity comes, you grab it, you take it, and you acknowledge that this is mine. Yeah, this man out here dropping gems, y'all. Um. Y'all definitely let me know what y'all think of this episode, man. Um, y'all already know where y'all can find me at. Um, the podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Castbox, Overcast, uh, Podbean, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Um, so definitely subscribe, download, share with a friend. Like, like he said, most of these jobs word of mouth. I need this podcast to be word of mouth. Help my podcast get to where you know I want it to be. Um. Uh, I'm also working on some more merchandise for y'all, so that should be coming out 
uh, hopefully, I want to say by I want to say by July, I should have everything that I want to have out. Uh, so that way, y'all can y'all can look at it because you know the last time we already know what happened the last time with the whole is faded and everything like that. That set me back completely. So with this one, I'm working with a African American. He does good work. It's going to be I'm have two options: screen printed and then like uh, stitched on merchandise. So. The stitched on merchandise is going to be a little bit more expensive, but it, it looks really good. Um, <clears throat> what else was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Oh, I love y'all. Thank y'all for, you know, for for rocking with me, man, uh, for supporting me. Keep keep liking, keep sharing, keep subscribing, keep downloading, and I'm going to keep pushing out, giving y'all this content. Philippians 4.13. Peace. Different kind of city when you live in right. All different opinions, can you choose a side? Come together for the better. Change can only start.